question. No. No, no, no. Okay. <laughs> it's I not get a you. word. Not a word. Yeah, nobody likes a grammar Nazi. No, that's me. I mean, I have a degree in English, though, so I kind of can't help it. Yeah. It's always the ones that. The ones that get me are like the, gosh, you're such an idiot, and it's not the possessive you're, it's you with, or it's, it is the possessive you're, so like instead of with the apostrophe R-E, and you're like, you, you're calling someone an idiot, but you're, you're doing words bad. The, the guy who's, who's going to do the song for us, he does that, and I tease him every single time, and he's like, yeah, I don't care. <laughs> like. I forgot what I said to him one time, and he was like, you're lucky, you're cute. And I'm like, my lucky, my cute? I don't get it. Like, I don't like, own the lucky. I don't own the cute. <laughs> well, I own it, if you know what I mean. But yeah, if you see the sign, Mike. All right, we're live. I didn't sneak us in this time and get us 20 minutes into the show, and then, oh, yeah, we've been, we've been here the whole time. <laughs> so hello, world. Good evening. Welcome to Illusions Destroyed, Episode 6, The Goose and the Gander, which was, yeah, which title name, title credit goes to Tasha. Because I'm clever. It is clever. She has a classy aesthetic. Yes. I'm a classy aesthetic. Her husband's allowed to wear the uh, driving cap and not be called a soy yeah. boy. One of the few. I wore gloves on our wedding for crying out loud. That's like I wore handmade lace gloves on our wedding. Dang, that's cool. And we didn't even have music or anything. It was just like old fashioned. No cameras. We didn't allow anybody to have cameras or record it or anything. Whoa. Now I feel like people only. I just feel like people get married. Okay. The only one allowed. So. I feel like people only married now so they can put together the video. Yeah, no, not us. Video? Nah. So you guys didn't have like a hashtag for your wedding? No. No. Never. Did you did you even really get married then? No, we did. We did. But see, we are invested in the marriage and not the wedding. So we just, you know, well, that's, no budget. That's silly of you. You guys wouldn't have made it. Tea party. You guys wouldn't have made it in today's time. No, at least we don't have a high rate of divorce or a high likelihood of divorce as a result, though. The more money you spend, there's been a study. The more money you spend on your wedding, the higher chance you've got of having a divorce. What? That's very interesting. Yeah, I'll find it somewhere. It's, it's out there. It's pretty interesting. That needs to go on the page. Okay. Yeah, I'll find it. So what gave you inspiration for the, for the title? Because we've seen a lot of double standards come out this week. Oh, have we? Have we now? Hmm. Tell me more. Um, so, Garrett, I think you sh No, I gave you the present. That is the professor. The professor? Yes. From, from uh, uh, NYU. NYU, who had an inappropriate relationship with her student. And she's a lesbian, supposedly. And her student's a gay man, and she was sexting him and made him sleep with her and a whole bunch of touching, and she's, like, in her 60s, and he's not. I, I, did, I didn't catch this article. 
It was his professor. She was going to fail him. Really? Yeah. Avita Ronell. She's from NYU. Um, and they've uh, launched a Title IX investigation. And she's like internationally acclaimed for feminist theory. And, and philosophy and a whole bunch well, of... Yeah, just all sorts of stuff. And now she's under, she's like in her 60s, under investigation. Um, she, let me see, I'm going to pull this up here to get the specific allegations. So um, I'll read right here. It's from The Cut. In the spring of 2012, Reitman said, uh, and this is the person accusing her, said that Ronell asked him to spend a few days with her in Paris, where he says she put his hands on her breasts and was pressing herself, her buttocks, into his crotch, and then kissed him all over. He claims that the incident repeated itself later in the evening as well. And then during Hurricane Sandy in 2012, um, Reitman said that Ronell, whose power had gone out from the storm, repeatedly showed up to sleep at his apartment. Then throughout his academic career, he alleges that she subjected him to sexual harassment, assault, and stalking. And then he's got emails and whatnot corroborating. Um, she called, she referred to him as sweet, cuddly baby, cocker spaniel, and my astounding and beautiful Nimrod. <laughs> so this. So, uh, it's just so gross, it's but so outrageous and disgusting and completely blows out of the water. The idea that women don't do this kind of thing because they do. Oh no. Well, I'm sure if you're a 20, 20 something year old guy, you're, you know, you're totally fine with a 60 something year old woman coming on to you. You know, you probably want it. Right. 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 Well, it's just like that story that, um, a woman in, and I don't even know her name, but she's part of the Me Too movement. Asia Argento. Yes, we saw that story come out this weekend as well, and she assaulted this 17-year-old kid. After grooming him for years, after playing his mom when he was like seven. Right. It's insane. And we saw comments all over the internet from men and women saying that there's no way that she raped him because he's a boy. <laughs> it's sexual assault. It doesn't matter if you're male or female. If you used your position of power. It's actually rape. It wasn't a it's rape because right. he's it was, underage. Sure, it was rape. Um, even if, if, you know, you, you didn't use a position of power, but you forced yourself onto somebody, it doesn't matter if you're male or female. You just raped that person. And this yes. double standard, and she's part of the Me Too movement. I mean, come on. This completely throws out all of the credibility of the Me Too movement, in my opinion. Yes, absolutely. And and what so the other woman, the one I didn't I didn't hear about, the first one you were talking about. The teacher. She was she was a feminist, you said. Yep. Hardcore. Yeah. So I mean, how do you how do you <laughs> how do you reconcile that 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 blatant like bold-faced hypocrisy. Well, he's a man, obviously. She did. She didn't do anything wrong because he's a man. And feminism is probably. Sorry. She was probably just just. Um, it's a result of her patriarchal oppression that she decided to exert that kind of uh, authority over a man. So no matter what, <laughs> so no matter what a woman does, right? Right. It's men's fault. 
This men's fault. Okay. In this and third wave feminism, there. yeah. Right, it's third wave, and it's third wave. I mean, and it's third wave, and it's a segment of radical feminists that feel this way. I know women who are like, who are feminists, who are like, they still call themselves feminists. I see some of them on the tipping edge, though, of not calling themselves feminists anymore, just like myself, who are very pro-woman and recognize that there are bad things that men do, but we also recognize that there are bad things that women do, too. And we can't just say that it's patriarchy for every freaking thing because it's not because you either have autonomy or you don't and right. you're either a, a capable strong woman or you're not so well, you, I mean, you have to pick basically what i was going what i'm what i'm thinking here is i know that a lot of women society makes them believe things that they have to do things or they have to be a certain way in order for them to feel good about themselves, okay? Um, I think that that is everybody's fault, men and women. I think that is just where we got to. I don't, you know what I'm saying? I don't think, but there has to be a point where people are responsible for their actions. Right. And, and, and sexual assault is sexual assault, no matter how you slice it, and I don't care the patriarchy or today's culture or whatever, I don't care. You could have made the decision to not do that. Right. And, and if you're and if you're assaulting lesbian. somebody and if you're assaulting in the case of the um the other woman, the Me Too woman, if you're if you're assaulting somebody who is a minor, that's pedophilia. Oh absolutely. Hands down. And I'm not I, afraid I, to call a woman a pedophile. And and, and look 17 isn't the end of the world, but grooming since the kid was seven? Right. That's, that's worse, I think. That's horrible. That's, and, and supposedly, I don't know just, just what the story says, but supposedly his career was like damaged because of it. Mm -hmm. Because he couldn't wrap his mind around what happened. He couldn't reconcile it with himself. And now the guy doesn't work. <laughs> like, right. so. I think those would be definitely two stories to follow, along with the whole Keith Ellison thing. The, the Democratic Party in Minnesota, the DFL, endorsed him, his candidacy, after the primaries. So, I mean, it's, that's, there's another double standard there, too. The party of Me Too is endorsing an alleged um, domestic abuser. And I don't disbelieve that he's abused this woman. And I think that as we draw closer to the election, more information will come out on that. But, I mean, it, there's that double standard. They got rid of Al Franken for less. They're trying to get rid of Trump for less. If, yeah, I mean, yeah, they are. They're trying to get rid of Trump for less. And, and they won't get rid of Keith Ellison, who, I mean, this is a horrific story if anybody's read it. And it's a, I mean, it's a total double standard here. They, they can't even hold up to their own um, expectations. And I'm not saying that the right is any better because there are issues on the right as well. We all know that. We're not blind to that. No. But I mean, if, if the left wants to be the arbiters of what we're supposed to mean to achieve eventually an egalitarian society, then they better step up their game a little bit because all I see is, is double standards and misogyny on top of it. You know, yeah. and it's, it's insane. I have the quote from Asia Argento, though, that I want to read that because she came out today and 
Did you see it, Tasha? I don't did you have you guys No, I didn't okay. So here's what she said. She said, I strongly deny and oppose the contents of the New York Times article dated twentieth of August twenty eighteen, as circulated also in national and international news. I'm deeply shocked and hurt by having read news that is absolutely false. I have never had any sexual relationship with Bennett. You know, except for the pictures that they took together, but whatever. I was linked to him during several years by friendship only, which ended when, subsequent to my exposure in the Weinstein case, Bennett, who was then undergoing severe economic problems and who had previously undertaken legal actions against his own family, requesting millions in damages, unexpectedly made an exorbitant request of money from me. Bennett knew my boyfriend, Anthony Bourdain, was a man of great perceived wealth and had his own reputation as a beloved public figure to protect. Anthony insisted the matter be handled privately, and this was also what Bennett wanted. Anthony was afraid of the possible negative publicity that such person, whom he considered dangerous, could have brought upon us. We decided to deal compassionately with Bennett's demand for help and give it to him. Anthony personally undertook to help Bennett economically upon the condition that we would no longer suffer any further intrusions in our lives. This is, therefore, the umpteenth development of a sequence of events that brings me great sadness and that, and that constitutes a long-standing persecution. I have, therefore, no other choice but to oppose such false allegations and will assume in the short term all necessary initiatives for my protection before all news. Asia Argento. So she said, yeah, the kid was blackmailing her. And they just decided to give him $400,000. And because, you know, that's, that's what. That's the only part of the story that seems unreasonable. Well, that's what you do. You know, when someone is making up something against you, you give in to their demands instead of calling them out on their BS, right. you know? Right. By the, by the way, since you brought it up, I, I forgot this fact. Is it weird? Is it coincidental that she was Anthony Bourdain's girlfriend? What, that he, like, killed himself and then this comes out? Supposedly. Right. And then this comes out? I don't yeah. know. When did they start dating? Now I got it. See, now I'm going into this rabbit hole. And it's like, because what? Supposedly this hat, this went down in, like, 2013? Yes. Five, five years ago. So, yes, 2013. Because I believe she is... Now, look it up later. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, but she's blaming a dead guy, saying that, oh, Anthony just wanted it to go away, so, you know, he made it go away. And Anthony can't tell his side of the story, because he's dead. Right. Right. So, I mean... Dead men tell no tales. Right. Like, you know, why did it take... A whole day, and I don't want to get into the whole. Oh, you know, they took their time responding to this, so they'd be guilty because it's like, you know, maybe she was dealing with the fallout from that. But it just kind of smells funny when you're giving into the demands of someone who, you know, you're saying that they're lying, but you just didn't want to deal with it. You paid them paid them off i was gonna right. say it actually sounded like a reasonable story you know 
something that could possibly be believable, except the part where they paid him off for no reason. I don't get that. Yeah. Like, right. I mean, so is that what people in Hollywood do? Like if I, you know, say if I make claims against any celebrity I've ever taken a picture with and then demand money from them, they're going to, you know, the easy thing for them to do is to pay me off and then put up with the scrutiny and possibly have people believe a lie as opposed right. to pursuing the truth. Right. So, so what, I mean, what is, what, what is the reaction to this now? Cause I haven't seen much. I haven't either. I've seen nothing. So there isn't one. <laughs> no, I've, I've seen absolutely nothing on it. I mean, you gotta think most people assume she's full of crap, right? <clears throat> I don't I mean, know you would hope so. Well, I saw something about Rose McGowan basically saying, like, you know, after she found out that she was so heartbroken or whatever, and then it just compared to tweet from, like, a year ago, I guess, where she was, like, saying, you know, all people who sit by and allow this to happen are complicit and blah, 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 and those participating in it, you know, just they will be found out and all this other stuff. And then, oh, hey, you're, uh, one of your fellow Me Tooers, bumping uglies with a teenager and it's like oh i'm so heartbroken hopefully hopefully we get more of the facts like oh now you want more of the facts now due process is a thing oh okay cool right so it's just double standards it's just it's like okay so with these two particular instances it's just when men do it we should string them up by their nutsack and when women do it, we should ignore it because we have to empower women. Or not, not even ignore it, but just, you know, let the process play out. You know, make sure we have all the facts. Right. Make sure we have the facts and, you know. Don't be so quick. To, too. And boys get erections. So, you know, he had to have been turned on. Let he who is that without sin cast the first stone. You know, just all these just cliche, nonsensical morons coming out and just oh well you gotta let it play out man let the let the legal system do their job okay right but harvey weinstein's a monster because he gave movie roles because he gave movie roles let's make no mistake i mean he he is horrific yeah no he's i mean these logical inconsistencies drive me up a wall and it's another reason on my list of reasons why i can't call myself a feminist now because of the inconsistencies in behavior i just it's, it's insane to me you can't you can't say this on this side when it has to do with men and then not say it on this side when women are behaving badly so so let me ask you a question tasha what, what were the first two waves of feminism like well, the first two waves of feminism. The first wave of feminism were like the suffragettes. It was, that was getting the women Boating. to vote. The okay. second wave was the women in, we'll say like the 60s and yeah. 60s through like the mid 80s. And some say that the second wave is still kind of, there's a big overlap with the second and the third wave. So the second wave was that group of women gaining access in the workplace and and i mean very legitimate things really mm -hmm. and ending sexual 
um, trying to end sexual exploitation, I argued that it has only gotten bigger since the sexual revolution for lots of reasons. Um, so it was, it was that group of women. And there's actually a woman, Andrea Dworkin, who's got a large body of work that you can actually get for free online if you ever want to read it. It's very fascinating work. And I don't disagree with a large portion of what she has to say about the liberation of women. But it's so Western woman-centric and it completely ignores the whole rest of the world, in, in my opinion. Um, you know, we don't see anybody talking about, you know, women who have to cover their whole bodies. We, we're starting to, but we're being called Islamophobics for talking about women who have to wear full burqa or, you know, whatever, niqab or whatever it's called. Um, so we're starting to see women who are criticizing that, but that's the second wave. So the second wave was, you know, like the 60s encompassing through about the 80s. And then the third wave started about the 80s, and now we're here. And the third wave is totally <laughs> relativism, and it is, it is complete turnaround of what the second wave worked for. So the second wave worked for the empowerment of women, that we don't have to go into sex work, that we don't have to be strippers, that we don't have to be chained to the home if we don't want to be, that we don't, that we can pursue higher education. And I mean, everybody remembers that there was a time when Wellesley was a finishing school, and now it turns out lawyers. And that's what all, you know, most of the women's colleges were. They were finishing schools to get a woman educated enough to carry on a conversation while she was hosting a cocktail party for her politician husband, you know? Um, and, and now we, we have um, the second wave gave women more access to education. You know, we saw Title IX introduced. We saw, um, we saw lots of equality measures put into place. And that was really, really great. And the third wave has completely reversed all that because if it is a woman doing it, it's empowering. If a woman is wearing high heels and she's choosing to do it, it's empowering. If a woman goes to free the nipple in the park, on whatever day it is in nice. May or something, then it's empowering. Oh yes, it's so empowering. You're giving horn sick men the ability to view breasts. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, like, yep, that's empowering. Keep telling yourself that. Or sex work is empowering. Or, you know, anything that a woman does, if she does it, it's empowering. And anything that she says is valid. And, you know, it's the whole your truth, my truth not the truth type thing right. again. And if a woman says it, you better believe it because she's a woman and she is oppressed. You know, that kind of, that whole, this, this whole thing of, it's a complete reversal. And it has, it has taken such a grip on women. And I think that porn has had so much to do with it because our, our culture has been so inculcated with pornography in so many different ways that it's not only the norm for so many men to view women that way, but it's the norm for women to view women that way too. Right. Um, and that's kind of, that's really, honestly, that's what I work towards is breaking women of that. Um, because as soon as we start doing it ourselves, and we have to do it ourselves, you know, we can't wait and rely on the men we say are oppressing us. Because <laughs> what would they have to gain? If, if men are oppressing us, what would they have to gain? by not oppressing us, you know what I mean? So we can't wait around. That's why I speak so much against abortion laws because I'm not about to beg a man for permission to be autonomous with my body.
That doesn't mean that I agree with abortion, but I'm not, I'm not going to beg a man for anything, you know, and I view it as very, a very unfeminist behavior. Um, so I reject, I mean, I reject it. I reject third wave. I reject most of the second wave. Okay. And I'm looking forward to a fourth wave where women are pro-woman and understand that the violence of men isn't all men. It's a, and, and they all know that. So I don't know why it's this, this broad sweeping statement of men are. It's just easier. No, men aren't. It's easier to paint with broad strokes than evil to happens, finally. Most of the evil that happens, men are perpetrating. We know this because of crime statistics, you know. That's not saying anything. That's not a broad statement. So I don't know why it needs to be made as a broad statement. You know, and so I'm really looking forward to a fourth wave that embraces reality again and, you know, shakes, shakes loose all of the garbage that we are, that we're stuck on. All right. So here's, here's my, here's, here's my summary for, for the, all this double standard stuff that's going on. Feminism, we're seeing double standards with racism. We're seeing double standards with immigration. We're seeing double standards with left right mindsets um it seems to me that their argument is i say there i mean whoever is perpetrating the double standard their argument is that the 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 scale has been tipped so far in in on one side for so long that now we have to tip it the other way to get equality Right. Am I am I wrong? Does anybody? No, I agree yeah, I with that. I, I agree with that totally. I and I've said this for I've said that for a very long time. It's just a pendulum swing that has swung way too far on this side, as a result of having swung way too far on this side. And we've got it. It has to. And I mean, pendulums stop eventually. You know, unless we're somebody on the other side pushing it back. You know. Well, here's. I think that. Besides the fact that it's just hypocritical, I think that it's it's uh, it, it creates hatred, mm -hmm. and supposedly that's what they want to stop. They want to stop hatred, but I right. think that, that it, it creates hatred. I think it does the opposite of what they're looking for. You know, I, I think that the only way to get equality is to be equal. Right. That's the proper way. I should put it down. Okay, but then you get men saying, okay, well, if we're equal, can I hit you? Sure. Okay, but here's the thing, though. Like, that's the first thing that most men jump to is violence. And that's the thing that women worry about the most. There's a quote, and I, I think it was Andrea Dworkin who said it, but I could be wrong. I can't remember. I have so many quotations from feminists in my head, but it was... Um, Men are afraid that women will laugh at them. Women are afraid that men will kill them. You know, and how many times, you guys just saw that video I posted last week of this woman who wouldn't give a man her phone number, so he smashed the shit out of her car and was threatening her bodily, you know, and that's what women have been up against for, for a long time with men. And again, not every man is like that. I, I mean, I can't think of a man in my life currently who is anywhere close to any kind of violence. Um, but it does happen, and, and it's happened pervasively and for so long that that's why women talked about that. And that's why women 
when men say, okay, well, if we're equal, then I then can I hit you? The first thought is, wait, why do you want to hit me? Right. I don't want to hit you. I so thought, why I do thought, you want to hit me? I you thought know? you meant it the other way around. I thought you meant, can the woman hit the man? And that's why I said, sure. I didn't realize. Right, 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 right. So, but yeah, will, that's I what women. I will say this. I know, it's like, what, Chris is, Chris is wanting to beat up women? What is going on here? But No, absolutely not. And I have never hit a woman, even though some have deserved it. But, but I will say this. Um, I, I take less offense in the situations when the woman hits the man first. Mm -hmm. And now, why? I'm not, why? Yep, because, and why? okay, because... Why should you be able to physically attack me, but I can't retaliate? And I'm not saying I like it. It depends on what the man okay. does. Sure. Um, sometimes it could just be knee jerk. You know what I mean? Like, I haven't done it. I, I actually have been hit by a woman before. <laughs> and I did not hit her back. Um, but... Um, I won't get into it because it's, it's a boring and ridiculous story. She was just very immature is, is, is the moral there. But Well, and um, men have been told not to hit women because men are bigger and stronger than women. Sure. You know, and then you you hit the wrong, uh, honestly, like if, a, if you guys are fighting and you're both hitting, you're both, like this is a problem. We don't solve things with violence. <laughs> we solve things with words. We teach that I to our children. Agree. I absolutely know? agree. Absolutely agree. But anyway, so so how do we enough of that because I don't want to seem like a woman beater. Um, so how do we how do we uh, how do we fix this? How do we stop the double standards that are going on? How do we get the people to realize that they're they're you know <laughs> you know pushing a double standard? I think we call we just have to keep calling them out honestly. But and and refuse to uh, refuse to coddle the double standard. You know, I, I refuse to coddle the double standard in basically everything. You know, we talked about circumcision last week. Well, it, I mean, it would be a double standard if I pierced my daughter's ears. Right. You know, that's a double standard that I'm not willing to participate in. One would argue that one is worse than the other. Sure, but they're both bodily issues. Okay, so female circumcision. Female circumcision, here's some equality. Mm. Female circumcision in the United States is illegal. It still happens, but it's illegal. It's not illegal to circumcise a baby boy. No, it's actually probably considered normal. It's considered normal. Well, I wouldn't say it's considered normal. The trend is actually changing. Um, is parents are, I think like 60% of newborns now are not circumcised. Okay. So we're on the upswing from that whole Dr. Kellogg catastrophe. But, um, but it, that, there's a double standard that exists, you know? And I don't mean to say that to minimize female genital mutilation because it's horrific. It's really, really horrific. But we can't say one is horrific, one genital cutting is horrific, and not say that the other genital cutting is horrific. Girls die from female genital mutilation, and boys die from male circumcision. It's just that's the way that it is. And then see, there's the difference there too. There's a, did you see the double standard that I just actually portrayed? Because I've gotten shit for it before. Female genital mutilation, male circumcision. Ah. 
That's a double standard. You call it male genital mutilation. There are feminists who will screech all across Twitter calling you all sorts of names. Trust me, I've been called them because they think it minimizes female genital mutilation. Both of no, them are mutilation of genitals. It's like both, is, both are bad. What's that? Both, both are bad. Like we can. Both are bad. I don't know why there's this competition. That yeah, one but this one's other. worse. This doesn't make any sense. This is this has got to be the only country that this can be possible. There are groups of people that are screaming that they're being oppressed, whoever the groups are, or that there are groups that are being oppressed, right? And at the same time that they're doing that, they're proving that they have the same wrong mindset of the people they're mm -hmm. accusing of oppressing them. Yep. Holy crap! It like <laughs> well, and it comes down to the. It's the abortion argument too. We were chatting about this a little bit earlier. You know, the question that I want to ask uh, feminists who are supporting abortion. You get one okay, on so the, the Right, the line is no questions asked for whatever reason or no reason at all. But then they turn around and say, oh, well, baby girls are being aborted in China and in India. Well, why are they being aborted? Because who cares? Who cares, right? And then they're like, then there are feminists here, radical feminists, There's a, it's a small segment, they are crazy though, and I'm not afraid to say it, they can all come at me if they want to, I don't really care anymore. They are like, if you are a mother who doesn't abort your baby son, you are complicit in the patriarchy. What? Whoa! My, so what my question is, is if I am a mother, if I'm pregnant, and whatever reason, I wanna have an abortion, if I want to abort my baby, and I'm a feminist, I want to abort my baby because it's a girl and I have my heart set on having a little boy, what's the answer? Is that sexism or is that my right to have an abortion for whatever reason or no reason at all? Look, could it be both? <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm Which I'm neither are good. Oh, I was just saying, which they could be both, and neither are good. Like, <laughs> right, right. I mean, there's just—it's it, a double standard. Either it's wrong or it's right. There's no gray area in between. Well, it's only right if you abort your baby boys, obviously. the patriarchy. So they want only women to be born. They want only women to be born, and if you're a woman who is married to a man. You are also complicit in the patriarchy, and you have het privilege, and you have mother privilege, and the world adores you because you're a mother. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Do you know how much shit I get on a daily basis? Covered in mother? it. And from feminists, even. From feminists. Feminists will, on, on one side of their mouths for the trans argument, say, you have to embrace biological reality that you're a man. You can think you're a woman all you want, but you're a man, or vice versa with a woman who thinks she's a man. But then out of the other side of her mouth, she'll, and, oh, and in that argument, they'll say, women are oppressed because of our biology. That's the basis of our oppression. And I don't disagree, historically. But then out of the other side of their mouth, they'll say, women who have babies are complicit in the patriarchy. Wait a second. You just told me that my oppression was being able to have babies. And now you're telling me I'm complicit in my oppression for performing a biological function. Like, this is, these are two different stories that you're telling here out of the same ideology.
and it doesn't work. Okay. <laughs> Dang. So, so what they want is an apocalypse. <laughs> Basically. They I mean, there are antinatalists, so, you know. You were going to, Chris, you were going to say, though, you're libertarian. Uh, you, you had started going down that I road. Say, I, was going, I was going to say that even though I may have personal beliefs against, you know, people making certain decisions, my libertarian mindset tells me that that's okay. If you want to uh, an, uh, abort your baby boy because it's a boy, I think you're an ass, but... That should be your right. I what about the baby's right? It's a completely separate person. Different blood, different heartbeat, different set of chromosomes, different brain. I mean, it's an entirely different person. It can't feed itself, so who cares? Science. I mean, a newborn can't feed itself. I know. Antinatalists who think that we should be able to kill children up to age two. I always like the argument of like, oh, until it's viable, you know, until until it's viable. It's like if you leave, you leave a four year old out by itself, it's gonna die in a week. If if that, it's gonna die like in a day or two. I mean, if you just you just leave it there, you know what I mean? Like you just leave it alone. So I mean, I've got some pretty smart children. They'd maybe last seven days. My small ones. Once the pop tarts maybe run out. <laughs> We don't buy pop tarts. Who are you kidding right now? Once your oat, once you guys run out of oats. Once you run out of oats and carrots. Yes, then they're done for. <laughs> because they'll be stupid enough to also feed the guinea pigs. So. But that's the argument, though. It's like, oh, you know, well, if it's viable, you know, if it can survive outside of the womb, it's like it still needs to eat. It still needs to get water that it can't walk to. It's still. Right. Yeah, like. It's just gonna lay there on the ground if you leave it there. I just don't. I just don't. I'm, I just don't understand the the connection of the dots. Okay. Okay. Fine. You don't believe in God. Fine. Um, okay. You hate slavery, and you think that this country did a whole bunch of horrible crap to a whole bunch of people. Okay. Fine. How does that mean we should just be extinct? We should just extinct ourselves. How does that mean that? Like, is that? Are you saying that this is our punishment now? Like, humans should cease to exist because? because I don't believe in God and humans have done a whole bunch of bad things to themselves. I don't <laughs> like, I just, I just want to know how the dots connect, man. Like I just, I don't understand it. Why are you trying to, if, if a lot of bad things have happened in the past, then why are you trying to make a lot of bad things happen in the present to make up for it? That doesn't make any sense. Right. I, I think I get what you're saying. Like I, I read a lot of, especially on like libertarian pages and outlets, like you'll read a lot of people saying like, Oh, you know, life is pointless. You know, there's no existence or there's no purpose for our existence. All we do is just destroy the earth and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, all right, buddy, like go ahead off yourself. More power to you. Like, Oh, Oh, you're not. Yeah. Like I I say it all the time. what antinatalist means yes i know that that's not what antinatalist means but if they're so against human propagation then oh see you like oh like the like the dude who you know was commenting last week uh about you having so many kids or whatever he's like oh you know the the earth has too many people on it all right bye go ahead take yourself out man like you know if there's too many people go ahead and do your part you know if you care so much about all seven billion people. Why don't you do your part and not consume anything? 
Oh, because you like living. Oh. We are factually an aging population right now. And it's not like I'm, you know, not sympathetic to people who are, you know, suicidal or anything like that. It's the, it's the, no, not at all. It's the, like, that's like, I went and saw a therapist for that kind of stuff. It's not a good place to be, but it's the people that are so like, oh, hashtag me too, too, man. But uh, (laughs) that's a very different show where we try to destigmatize say shrink. But that's like something that you constantly see, especially, I mean, just from, you know, I call them just Debbie Downers because it's always, oh, you know, we're using up all the resources. Oh, in 2050, you know, we're going to run out of oxygen or something like that. It's like, oh, okay, instead of like doing anything to help the cause, why not just take yourself out then since things are getting so bad. If, life, if living is that terrible, you know, go ahead and right. check out, man. No one's stopping you. I just, I, yeah. I just, I just want everyone to treat everyone like they want to be treated. Golden rule, remember that? Yeah, but that's too hard. It's better to virtue signal and get likes from your friends. I mean, okay. So if you don't think that there is a, an inherited purpose in life, fine. Go give yourself one. You know what I mean? Like. Instead right, of take one. Take making one everybody else's, exactly, exactly. Like, instead of making everyone else's life shit, you know, make yours better by giving yourself a purpose. Right, That's and trying want. to shit on people who do feel like life has a purpose. Like, their right. life has a purpose, like human life has a purpose. I feel like human life, ha- life has a purpose. I, I feel, I believe that human life has a purpose. You know, and I've, I've, I've always well, believed do you, that. Let me ask honest question. Do you judge people who don't feel like life has a purpose? No. Like, I don't care what you feel about it yeah, or you're... like about it or believe about it or anything. Just exactly. Because you me believe alone. that everyone, exactly, you believe everyone should have their own beliefs as long as they don't affect your right. life. You're too busy doing your own thing to, to worry about I'm too them. too busy polluting the planet with all of my children. With all your, <laughs> with your gigantic carbon footprint. It's like the size of a, yeah, it's like the size of a paw print, really. Right. So, but that's my point. My point is, is that you don't judge people who don't have the same belief system as you, but the people who don't have the same belief system as you are judging you. Right. Oftentimes, yeah. Change the words a little bit. I do judge people. I am the most judgy person you're ever going to meet. But I'm not trying to inflict people with my judgment. Like, I'll tell people what I think about something. Whether or not they change their life to that position, I don't really care. Right. I get you. You know? I I judge the crap out of everything. But you're not trying to affect these people's lives. No, I'm not trying to affect their lives. I'm just trying to affect them all change by how I live my own life. Although they'll disagree. They'll say that you are by, you know... Spewing your by, yeah, by merely saying something that you're making a concentrated effort to alter their lifestyle, or which, if someone's saying something to you, like is oppressing to your lifestyle, you've got bigger problems. That's right. you know, that's where we're at, though. Did you guys ever see the um, the clip of uh, the British actor 
uh, the British uh, comedian. He has a stand-up routine. And part of it, he says, like, no one ever went to the comedy show and, you know, woke up the next morning and was like, the comic offended me because he said something about the Lord. And now I'm a leper. I'm a leper. I have leprosy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it doesn't, it does, I, I probably screwed that joke up. But it doesn't matter is the point, you know? Right. Like, so people are saying things you don't agree with, you know? Like, then take some time to to attempt to let them see your point of view and if that still doesn't work shake their hand and walk away <laughs> and honestly I mean? in my experience with with um giving my personal judgments about things people do one of two things they say judge not lest you be judged and they totally misunderstand that entire passage by saying sure. that or they go, they get really, really angry and fly into a rage and start attacking my looks or some kind of character characteristic about me they don't like, you know. And it and it generally it's because people really don't want to be introspective. It's hard. Like my husband and I were just talking about it the other night. I'm having lots of feelings about my oldest child. Going to be, I mean, she's going to be a junior in high school this year. She's going to be leaving me very soon, and I'm having lots of really conflicted feelings about it for a lot of reasons, and I don't want to talk about it, <laughs> you know, it's because it's difficult, it's really hard to do, and it's hard to, and, and you know, because I am that same facts don't care about your feelings kind of person, I'm just like, the feelings don't matter, and I don't prioritize the feelings. You know, and that's difficult. It, it can prove to be a difficulty because when the prioritization needs to happen, it's painful. It's really hard. And I think that for most people, that's a hard thing to do. And it's not necessarily because they don't prioritize emotions. It's because they're not prioritizing the right emotions. Well, I'll say this. I'm just naturally very analytical. And self-critical um and it, it does make for a hard time but but i feel lucky that i am because you know when someone criticizes me i i take it you know what i'm saying like i take what they're trying to tell hopefully they say it respectfully if they don't then usually they get told where to go but you know I, i'm willing to listen to everyone's point of view about me you know what i'm saying if you feel the need to say something about me, then I will listen to you because you obviously have a reason to feel that way or to, to, to say it. Um, you know, and maybe I'll realize it and I'll go, that's crap, never mind. <laughs> you know, but what is wrong with that? Like, why don't people want to improve? And I think I touched on this in the last episode. Like, why don't people, like, why are people so uh, dead set against improvement? They're just like, I'm me, and that's me, and that's great, and fuck you, and whatever because it is I to, do is perfect. They're good enough. Because they have, right, they're good enough. And they have to come to terms with the reality that good enough is kind of shit. I mean, if, if, they, if they don't want to, if, think, if they think improving means that, that I, I, I really do, I think that people think that they're afraid to improve because they have to realize that they've made mistakes in how they're living presently or the choices that they made to get to where they are. And they just don't want to face the fact that they made those mistakes. And they're just comfortable. Right. They're comfortable. There's it's complacency, complacency and 
apathy, I think, are the greatest sins, honestly. I think that they are because they lead to so many other ways of being. And I use sin, you know, however anybody wants to interpret that word. We had a comment. Somebody's like, God, question mark, slappy face, slappy face the other day. And I was like, whatever, nature, whatever you want to call it. The universe, karma, whatever you want to call it, your vibes, whatever. So your sins, I think all of our sins come out of complacency and apathy. And, and most people are stuck there because it's comfortable and it's easy. But what... But what is very depressing is that, and scary, is that people are saying now, if you try to improve me, you're oppressing me. And you deserve to be shut up, put in jail, killed, whatever. And that's horrendous. Like, I don't know. I just, I don't understand why 22-year-old Antifa members think that they have the world figured out. And all these other people who have lived so much longer than them are clueless. Where do you get that arrogance? Like, honestly, where do you get it? I want to know where it comes from. Because that is a stunning amount of arrogance. And, and to think that all, think about this too. All, all the past generations are all dumb too. I am, me, the 22-year-old Antifa member, or whoever I am, am the only person who has ever gotten it. What a burden. <laughs> like, I'm the only person in history to ever get it. Like, so obviously right. I have to go around with a mask and crack people over the heads with a baseball bat. It's obviously the only thing I could do since I'm the only one who gets it. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm just a few years removed from being that. You know, the, uh, fortunately, I have loving family members that didn't ostracize me and kick me out of the clan uh, for being the quote-unquote smartest man in the... clan, Garrett. Uh, family, family unit. But yeah, I didn't get, yeah, especially me. I look like a, like the king of the Aryan race. But uh, yeah, like I was the, always had to be the smartest guy in the room slash contrarian to where it was, you know, oh, you know, I have the internet. I I grew up with this. So I automatically know way more than you. You know, I, I just, I just took a philosophy class and you guys have no idea what you're talking about kind of thing so like i understand that mindset i wasn't nearly as militant though as were, were you a teenage liberal no i was because all of my teachers were uh left-leaning and i always had to get into arguments with my teachers i was just not left like i was just not you know a liberal i was I'd say I was pretty consistently libertarian most of the time. Just don't bother anybody and they won't bother you. You don't need to tell people what to do kind of thing. But yeah, it was very like, I get, I get the, the militancy of, you know, these young kids thinking that they have all the knowledge and they have, you know, whatever they think and whatever they've been told has to be right because, you know, it's the first time they're ever hearing it, you know, and they're not challenging it. It's like, right. Oh, you know, you have professors and, you know, giving them this idea of what socialism is. And, you know, they're like, oh, wow, that sounds pretty good. Like everyone, and I mean, they've never had to pay taxes. So it's like, oh, the idea of helping everyone, like that's, that's awesome. That's like the greatest thing you can be is, you know, someone that's changing the whole world and helping everyone. And it's like, well, how does everyone else not see this? How does, 
you know, why do you need to have nice things? Like there's someone that you've never met across the country that's suffering. Like you should want to help them more than, you know, giving your family a better life that you ever than you ever had. So it's like, well, I feel like once these kids start getting jobs and having families of their own, they're going to start to wake up and realize like, oh, I kind of like keeping my money and I kind of like the idea of getting my family to the next level as far as, you know, whether you're middle class moving to upper middle class or, you know, upper class or getting out of the lower classes, you know, they just have to be, they don't have nearly the life experience to, I guess, come to that conclusion on their own without living through it. But, some of them never get out of it, honestly, in my neighborhood. <laughs> yeah, that's true. true. But, I mean, I, I don't make a habit of it, but I've given homeless people begging for money $20 bills before. Like, I'm all for spreading the wealth if you have it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, voluntarism is a great thing. Yeah. However, do not take my money from me and say it is for the good of the race because... Uh, the human race, I mean, because no, no, I want to give it when I can give it. I don't want to give it because I'm obligated by law to give it. Right. Eventually, you're going to run out of that. You're starting you know, to sound more and more like an anarchist. Maybe a little bit. You know, I do still have. Uh, I don't know, questions about about anarchism, just certain things that I don't you guys will probably shoot me down immediately and be like, no, you're wrong because this. And I'll be like, I got it now. But I still, I still don't know. I, I still don't know. I don't know if you want to get into that or if that's a topic for another day, but. Are you guys there? Yeah. I'm just waiting for you to keep going. I'm like, well, I kind of want you to keep going. I kind of want to hear one of these questions. All right. We're like, hear, um, hear Chris rant. All right. Fine. Well, I don't know if it's a rant, but. All right, so, so I believe that drugs should be made legal. Okay. Um, but I also believe that there needs to be restrictions on them. That's part of the reason I think they should be legal. And in an anarchist society, are there restrictions on anything that need restrictions? No, it's called death usually. So, okay. So your thinking is like, okay, but what if it, that's fine, and I get that. In and of itself, I understand you use too many drugs, you die, your fault, bye-bye. Mm -hmm. What I don't fully understand is what about those people who just get really, really fucked up instead of actually dying and then go fuck up other people? Well, that's why you get a gun. You know, like a drunk driver, you know, who kills like a family of four and doesn't die. You know what I'm saying? Like, then you same. Then your family goes out and kills them. Yeah, it's an eye for an eye society. I really, I view anarchy as a reset button, honestly. So, yeah, and I get what you're saying too, but isn't it isn't it better to have something in place that could avoid that family afford dying? instead of just reacting to the family for dying? Yeah, it's social pressure. 
social because, pressure says, hey, dumbass, don't get behind the wheel while you're drunk and kill a family of four. Let me ask you this. Otherwise, we're going to kill you in return. Yeah, let me ask you this, Chris. Are the, are, is it legal to drive drunk? No. So is that working? Does that, does that never happen? No, but it was. Because the laws, because the laws exist, then there are no, no drunk driving deaths. So it's not doing anything. Oh, I'm sure it's doing something. I'm sure it's, it's not. It's right. not working 100%. But. Definitely not. And you can look back at statistics and be like, oh, you know, the drunk driving rates have gone down, you know, since, you know, harsher penalties and what have you. But it's like, if people understand that there are social consequences outside of, you know, just getting caught, like by the law, like if they realize like, oh man, people are going to take consequences into their own hands. Like if I mess with their family, you know, it's not going to be like an instant fix. It's not like, and I'm not trying to fix anything. That's, that's the thing that people always try to go to with anarchy. They're like, oh, you know, well, how is it going to fix this problem? And it's like, it's not like, it's going to just recognize that there's a problem and I get to keep all my money. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So, so, in an anarchist society, are there are there social safety nets? I mean, the church still exists, so I guess yeah. Okay, but social security would be would be taken out, correct? Non-existent because there's no government to run it. So, what about all the people who have paid in their entire lives? Should they? Chris, we're not going to get social security, so don't even. I mean, like you and I. We're not going to get social security. Right. They've been saying that for a while, though. So you very well may, and it's just another scare tactic. But at the same time, it's like, yeah, you know what? Tough titties. Like, that's that's just so, part okay, of it. So what about Medicare? People pay into Medicare their entire life. They hit 65, and now we're just going to go, whoops, we're anarchists now. No Medicare. Sorry for all the money you lost. There's already barely Medicare. But even then, it's like, yeah, that's, yes, it goes back to, is that fair? Nope. Is life fair? Goes, nope. The fair right, comes two weeks out of the year. It goes, it goes back to if you're sick, your family takes care of you, and you better hope you have some chickens or something that the doctor finds valuable. Yeah. And do barter services. All right. So. This is fun. I would say, I would say that two-thirds of the reason that I'm against immigration is because these people come here, they don't pay into the system, but they collect from it. So in an anarchist society and there is no system to pay into or collect from, do we open borders? Yeah, sure. Really? Yeah, as long as you, I mean, the whole thing is like, as long as you're protecting your private property, who cares what happens in the rest of society? Like your private property is fine. That's why, that's why I say anarchy is a reset button. But there's you, going hit to a be... reset, you hit a reset button and there are no borders. You hit okay. a reset button and it's a start over. Okay, but there are going to be, it's just going to be the United States that doesn't have a government. Everybody else is still going to have their government. And there's still going to be people who are, I mean, just think about what you're saying. You're basically like saying, Open borders is a good policy if there are no laws. I yeah. Don't buy that. I don't I say. Still don't like I don't borders. say it's a good. Then we're, 
I'm not saying it's a good policy. I'm saying there's no point in having the policy because what are they getting out of it except for coming to a place where there's no laws? Like, really? there's nothing to help them. There's no benefit for them to come here. There's no benefit for them to come here. If Mexico is so persecuted, which I'm sure it is, uh, but if it is so persecuted, then why wouldn't they come here where there's no persecution? I think that people would choose to be responsible for themselves if they can get away from their... I just, and I think we'd be oversaturated. And I think that um, people who come here that don't have a pride in being here, which we're seeing a lot with millennials now anyway, they're born here and they don't have a pride in being here, are going to be a lot more disrespectful to their fellow man. I, I like, like, I think you're asking for a violent society. Maybe not forever, maybe it would even itself out, but what, 10, 15, 20 years from now? Probably longer. So, like, why is I think that a it would idea? take an entire, I think it would take an entire generation, if anarchy ever happened, I think it would take an entire generation for that reset to happen, because, and here's, here's, I think what, uh, if I, I don't want to put words in your mouth, Garrett, but the Try. borders with, with an anarchy, if somebody, there's, if there's no social benefit for somebody from another country to come here, they're not going to come here because we're already going to be very tribalistic within our own enclaves of self-governance and self-protection, that there's not going to be any benefit because they're not going to be, there's not going to be anywhere for them. They're not going to find a place where they can fit, where they can um, convince people that, oh yeah, no, we're totally good. Don't worry about us. That, that's you know? like saying that Dearborn, Michigan is in Afghanistan now. I mean, no, because it's, there's no benefit. Like there's no, you don't get to come here and suddenly you just stick your kids into public school because there's no public right. school. There's no public school. So why would they come here? They're not going to come here for a better life. If there's an open border and anarchy, they're not going to come here for a better life. The only reason they would have to come here is. Well, isn't it still better than what they're dealing with? I don't know. At least they have cops down there. In our utopia, yeah, I say utopia. It's not a utopia. It's like the opposite of utopia. But it's a recon It's recognizing that you'll never get to utopia. So stop trying and stop putting all these rules on people. Okay, so then, does everybody homeschool? No, you get. Or you form, or you form a co-op of people who will teach as well. Like people, that's what homeschoolers do now. You know someone that's really, really smart, and you trade your chickens for them to educate your kids right. and teach them how to think critically. You're not just teaching them a curriculum for the state that doesn't exist to test them on to make sure that they, you know, hit all the check marks. Well, it's like they how to read, how to write, how to do math and how to think. That's what you teach children. That's what I teach my children at home. You don't no teach them about history. no gender studies, no gender studies, no LGBTQ theory. Not a bit. Your kids are going to be left in the dust because that's... We have a sex ed book. There's like, so many we, so many jobs out what is, there. What is theory? What is LGBTQ theory? They watch me give birth. They need gender Oh, theory. my God. Like, they watch me shoot babies out. <sighs> I mean, it doesn't get any more real for sex ed than that, honestly. But, yeah, Chris, there's no benefits for people to... I mean, it's like you come here and you try to start, you know, you make your own life. You go settle in the middle of Wyoming or something like that. And 
you know, have a go at it. Like that's pretty much the benefit. And nobody wants to just go sit in the middle of nowhere and try to figure it out. They, they're coming because they know that they're getting something out of it. So do, do we, do we abolish all foreign trade? You say abolish, what do you mean? Like you, like rid of it? Like there's no, like, cause corporations can still exist. Like there's still going to be, you know, companies that provide a service. So like if they want something, there's not going to be barriers to it is the thing. There's not going to be like, we have a question in the comments. What is this question? What about kids and adults with special needs? That's actually a pretty good question. What about them? Families, the church. I mean, families, just like when we talked about old, old people who are sick or whatever. I mean, families used to live like this. Yeah. You know, you had multiple generations within one household. And three you, or four generations within one yeah, household. They, and you, they also had like predetermined weddings back then. And you can get anecdotal with it and be like, well, you know, my family wouldn't have taken care of me. It's like, that sucks. Like, that's, that's not, I'm not happy about that. I think those families only exist because of the system we have in place anyway. Because the system we have in place really does make people selfish. Uh, it totally does. It's a system and it's just culture. It's just culture. It's like, you know, a system of, you know, I'm, a, I'm an individualist, but I'm an individualist in the sense that I don't think society should tell you what to do. Or, excuse me, I don't think a threat of a gun should tell you what to do. I don't think, you know, the government should tell you what to do. I think like society, I think what's morally right, you know, how you feel on the inside, like that should be what guides you, you know, right and wrong. That should be what motivates you to do things. I don't think necessarily someone else telling me something is good should automatically be my position. You, you, do, you do understand that people do, I mean, incorrectly to me, but people do have their own sense of what's right and wrong. Yeah. Some people feel like this is right for me and it's wrong for you, but I don't care because it's right for me and I'm going to do it. Right, like stealing, for example, like that, you know, for someone they could say, oh, you know, well, for me, I needed to eat. So I had to steal. Well, it's like, OK, um, in an anarchist society, the person stealing would, you know, if they were caught, would obviously face punishment. And then unfortunately, that person is going to be used as an example, at least in the nearby community of, oh, OK, so that's what happens when I steal. Like that's the social pressure. And so, you know, when it comes to taking care of kids or adults with special needs or old or elderly people or, you know, whatever, it's the same. It's the social pressure. The, those social pressures make ties bind. And that's what forms culture. It's not laws don't form culture. People form culture. And, and so I'm going to go back to that reset button. We go back to that reset button and we have multi-generational families again. We have children not being shipped off to institutions all day long or daycares all day long. And we have families raising children again. And we have equal share of these tasks uh, that, that manage to make life happen that we need to get done. It's a matter of interdependency that our present culture does not know what interdependency is at all. We think inter interdependency is you give me all of your money. Right. You know, that's what we think interdependency is. Interdependency is, is it's 
family socialism. You know, you've heard Ben Shapiro about this before. Socialism does not work on a grand scale. Socialism works with families though. What I have is a resource for my whole family. It's not just for me, you know? So I share my resource with my family. Maybe if I'm in an enclave, my enclave has decided as a community that we're gonna share our resources, be that, you know, this family raises chickens for the whole enclave, or this family grows whatever food, and this family is the, the, the schoolhouse, and this family isn't, you know, you know what I'm saying. And if you don't like it, you opt out. Right, if you don't like it, you leave. And that's what, we, we've got intentional communities that work that way presently. So it can be done, and we don't need government to say that we, we, how we can live like this. And of course, I, you know, I, I'm fully realistic that this is pie in the sky because there's not a reset button that's that easy. You right, know? this is all theoretical. Right, it's theoretical entirely. We have to work with what we've got. The closest I feel like what we've got is somewhat libertarian, somewhat conservative, somewhat liberal, you know, and to mash all of that together. That's like the best we've got right now. And it's gonna take a national or a natural disaster or something to have that reset button happen. And I don't even see that happening anytime soon. I don't think libertarian gets its, its um, proper percentage but um i think if most people like really thought about it and were presented with the information i think they'd realize that they're closer to a libertarian than they are to conservative or liberal but it's the fear of you know walking off the reservation and like into unknown territory or you know oh well all of a sudden i'm playing for a team that never wins and it's like well if we get enough people on the team you know we can win you know how I figured out I was libertarian. This is actually kind of embarrassing, but it's true. Because um, I don't, I didn't follow politics like at all. I didn't pay like at all attention until like the beginning of Obama's second term. Like I just didn't care. I was doing my own thing and whatever. Um, and uh, I took a quiz one day during the, I think it was during the midterms, um, before the last presidential. And I took a quiz just to like, you know, what political party do you most agree with? And I answered a bunch of questions and it was like, you're like 89% libertarian. And I'm like, what the hell is a libertarian? Like, <laughs> I didn't even know. So I started looking into it and I was like, yeah, yeah, this all makes a lot of goddamn sense. Yeah. That's, that's how I found out. I didn't even realize it. That's what the two party system does though. It's like, oh no, it's only us. All you can do is pick between us two. And then you got the fringe weirdos in the green party and the, and the libertarian party. Like you don't want to be one of those guys. Have you seen the people that go to those rallies? No, you don't want to be them. My introduction to libertarianism um, was at first the Tea Partiers, like way back in the day. Um, and then I just kind of forgot about them. And then I met my friend. She's one of my best, bestest friends um, now. Her name is Kara Schultz. She works for the, um, the National Party, actually, of Libertarians, the, the national organization. And she was kind of my libertarian and I did not, and Kara knows this too, hi Kara, I love you, did not like her at all when I met her. Like I could not stand her. I was like, why is this woman saying these things? And I was still very much, you know, feminist and whatnot. And I couldn't understand why she was a libertarian. And then, you know, she's the one who, <laughs> she, she's, 
she's the one who brought me the gospel of the mm-hmm. Libertarian Party. And then last, I don't know, last year or the year before when my husband and I went to the state fair, we both took the Libertarian quiz at the Libertarian booth and we're both like, on the, we were both at the time on the um, more liberal middle side of the Libertarian um, side of things. And I, I would say we're probably both on the conservative side of the Libertarian thing now, but but yeah, it's all, all because of Kara and this, 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 this slow process of, no, 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 no. You see, we don't need the government for this, <laughs> you know? No, 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 no. We can just do it better a, ourselves. Just to make a quick point about what you just said, um, and I've said this sometime in the past, that I think that everybody who, is, can, who considers themselves moderate right now was moderate left, like not that long ago. And I, I, I think it's only because the left has shifted what's left. You know what I'm saying? Like they, 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 they totally shifted. So like centrists are now like very right and moderate left are like moderate right because they just went, we're bringing it all the way this way. You know what I mean? And, and that's, and I think a lot of people are very, very angry because they find themselves confused. I, I, maybe I'm just talking from personal experience, but I always considered myself pretty much a moderate liberal. I mean, like I said, I wasn't into politics, but if you asked me, I would have said I was a moderate liberal. And, mm-hmm. and when, when you just pull the rug like that, and now I'm like, where am I standing? Oh, I'm over here now? <laughs> it gets right. very confusing, and I think a lot of people reacted with anger. And that's why so many people are so mad at the radical left is because like, why did you just do that? You just took my identity from me. You know what I mean? Like everything I've been telling myself for the last 30 years is now not true because you just decided you were going to change things on me. But that, that's, I just wanted to make that point. And you said it, it's all identity. It's yeah. all been wrapped around identity and you are this kind of person. If you vote this way and like, do you, have you noticed how politic driven everything is? Like every facet of everybody's life but that's now new. revolves around hating Donald Trump or, you know, I am a Democrat and I support this and go union and, or I am a conservative Christian and I hate the Muslims. There's a couple of politicians here locally who are, going to expose the Muslims at the U.S. Bank Stadium having their Eid festival, you know, because they're going to sacrifice goats or something, which is not even true. I mean, they're just, it's crazy. There are such crazy extremes, and those are the identities associated with those two sides. And so all of us left who are actually sane and have a variety of values in our lives, we're like, we're supposed to have an identity because this is an identity-driven culture. You know, and we have to recognize that how we is not our identity. Right. So to say I have no political identity. Okay. You shouldn't have a political identity. Right. You really shouldn't. No, I get what you're saying, but people do cling to that, that stuff. And I mean, a lot, a lot of that is because of the fall of, of the church and, and the rise of, you know, Hollywood and technology and stuff like that, that people are. Uh, less substantial things are overtaking our internal, you know, monologue. So we don't, so that, and that's why people are, are, are clinging, in my opinion, why people are clinging to identities the way they are, 
is because we're we're desubstantializing our in our internal everything. Right. You know, desubstantializing and, the things that actually matter. I was about to say the exact same thing. Yeah, and you're absolutely right. Um, it's a shame, and it's a shame, and I wish people. This is what you know. I I, I sound so idiotic when I say this, but this is really the way I feel. The four, you know, the founding idiotic came over here. You know, it, it's kind of all right. Maybe Lane would be a better. I was about to say you're not. You're not an idiot. Well, thank you, Um I can act like that, but he's gonna get all hokey and founding fathers on us. But well, I mean, they just think about it, though. You know, they were the oppressed, right? Mm-hmm. Let's let if you want to use modern millennial fucking terminology, they were the oppressed. They they stood up against the oppressor. They ran away. They created their own culture. They got into so many wars over the fact that they wanted to create a better future. Mm-hmm. You know, a, a less oppressed future. And they did that. And they, they fought some of these people. You know, the, the revolution was going on the course of so many years that some of these people, their entire lifetime was in the middle of it. You know what I'm saying? So just think about how many people's existence you are literally wasting with all of this bullcrap now. So many people who fought so that you could have the ability to to be a douche the way you're being, and 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 you're just so angry. The patriarchy. Oh, but slavery. Do you know? You know? And I. This is another unpopular thought. I'm going on a rant. I said I wouldn't. Chris rant. We need like a hashtag. I know. I was about to. I was about to say. Well, I'll. I'll get to working on that, and putting together just videos of Chris ranting. So what I was going to say, and this is very, very unpopular, and I want to preface it by saying that I think slavery was disgusting. Okay. Oh God, this is. It's never a good thing. This. This is like. So. I'm so, not a racist, but. I am not at all a racist, and I think slavery is disgusting. And and actually, who did I hear just say this recently? I watch so much crap on YouTube during the day, and I don't actually watch it. I just listen to it because yeah. it's working. So I don't know who said it. So maybe one of you two will have heard the same thing, and you could let me know. But somebody was just saying that Thomas Jefferson made a statement about how slavery was supposed to end a lot earlier than it did. Did either of you see this? Because I know we, we all pretty much watch the same stuff. Um, I think it might have been Shapiro. That's what it was. It was Shapiro um, on the Sunday conversation with Greg Gutfeld. Oh, I didn't see that yet. Oh, I Maybe didn't see it was, yet either. Maybe it wasn't that. Whatever. Anyway, Thomas Jefferson made a statement that people are taking out of context now to show how racist he is. And in that statement, he's actually saying slavery has an expiration date. And hopefully it's sooner than later. But slavery had a purpose at that point. They thought that they were giving these indigenous people who had no culture, they were living in bushes and killing each other, you know, to eat. They thought they were giving them a better future by taking them over here and giving them a purpose. Now, I understand that what it turned into is disgusting, okay? But they weren't trying to oppress these people. They were actually trying to liberate them and, and more importantly, liberate their future generation. Um, their descendants, however you want to word it. And what, what else 
factors into that is that this country could literally not be where it is today if it wasn't for the fact that they had labor back then. Okay? Right, but that's, that's true of all cultures, though. All cultures have enslaved people. Every sure single... Every time a war was won, yeah. ...in history has, has utilized slavery. Every time someone every won a war, the... Every Losers. culture and every people group has been enslaved as well. So, I mean, there's not a single shred of humanity except for the West that ended slavery sure. that has, has not been touched by slavery. And slavery still exists in the third world. Like, we, oh, I'm we sure can't be oblivious to that. It still yeah. exists. Yeah, well, in the West, we ended it. Yeah. We didn't start it. We and ended were, it. They were even saying during like the height of slavery, or at least some of some of the people in charge were saying, this has an expiration date, and I hope it's sooner than later. And a lot of people, I, it was it Jefferson. It might have been Jefferson. I think I think Jefferson married one of his slaves or something like that, didn't he? He had a kid with or one maybe, of them. He didn't marry her. Maybe not legally, but like like these people, some of them were loved as family members. You know, uh, I don't think slavery is right. All I'm saying is that your theory, and I don't mean you guys, but the popular theory of the patriarchy is, is kind of horseshit when you, when you think about the fact that they were actually trying to liberate these, these indigenous people and give them what they felt like was a purpose in life. I think I'd like to see the documentation on that before I could really even form a a response, honestly, because this isn't, I've never no, heard that before. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, 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 well, have you heard that? Did you, did you, I guess you said no, so never mind. You already answered the question. But um, I don't know who it was, but somebody I've seen in the last few days did mention that Thomas Jefferson wrote, wrote this statement. Um, and it's being taken out of context now, and they're actually using it to prove that Thomas Jefferson was such a racist, black-hating, whatever, um, right. genuine begot. You'll have um, to link it into, the, or post a link on the page. Yeah, I just have to find it first, but I will. Educate the um, masses. But, um, but I just, like I said, I just think that the, the uh, am I against slavery? Absolutely, and I'm glad it ended, and Abe Lincoln is probably the best president we've ever had because of it. Republican, by the way. Um, but uh, it, I feel like it just kills the whole, but the patriarchy notion and the way, the way people like to use, but slavery as an excuse for their own sins and misconduct. Mm -hmm. did, you guys, did you guys see this video of this Antifa guy who cracked a leftist over the head because he had an American flag? Yes, Was it I the bike lock that. guy? What's that? Was it the bike, the bike lock guy or... No, 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 this is... Oh, that, that happened like a couple of days ago, and it was like right. a Bernie supporter who was the guy that had the flag? Yes. Right. Yeah. He voted for Bernie in the primaries, he voted for Hillary in, in the election, and uh, he just had an American flag because he considers himself patriotic. Okay, fine. And so Antifa attacked him because he was carrying an American flag. They're beating their own up. They, they question the guy. The guy's like, no, I'm not giving you my, my flag. And they, they, the guy literally cracked him over the head. 
and then walked away like a fucking, like a douchebag. Like, that's right. Because they just think everybody should be waving a hammer and sickle. That's the only flag that matters. They want everybody waving a hammer and sickle flag. I thought we all hated Russia. Right? That's the Soviet (laughs) Union. It's a different thing. Oh, my bad. (laughs) Just like like we love socialism, but national socialism. Yeah, that's not good. Well, that's Nazi. So. <laughs> National socialism. Oh mm. God, I love, I love, I love the disconnection. I just the lack of historical violence. reading. I will. While an actual Nazi was just deported today. Yeah. Yesterday. Oh, for real? Yep. Like yeah, a, like the a, last. Like a German. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's like ninety something years old, and the left, the people, there are people on the left going. Oh, just let him die. God will deal with him soon. No, I don't care if he murdered people. This is an actual Nazi. This is like, you guys are worried about like these guys rocking their boots and listening to music that no one really likes and, you know, shaving their head. Like this guy was an actual Nazi. Right. Like did the whole. Call the proud boys Nazis, but. Yeah. It's okay. Let him live out his life. It's fine. Come on. Have a heart. So they sent them back to Germany. This ninety-something. Yeah, where did, where, yeah. yeah. Where did they deport him to? Is it was it Germany? I don't know. Or, Probably. I just briefly glanced I over just, and I was like, I just know he was an actual Nazi. Yeah, I'm like an actual Nazi. We don't have any actual Nazis in the United States anymore, guys. He was the last one. And he's gone. <laughs> he's gone now. So you can what? stop calling everybody Nazi. Well, that's not gonna happen. <laughs> <laughs> not only is that not going to happen, but they actually fought to keep the last actual Nazi <laughs> from from leaving, and apparently cited God. That's leaving. So I'm very confused. By that's that. how stupid everything is. Is they, you know, they denounce Nazis and you know claim that Trump has Nazi supporters, and then all of a sudden kicks out a Nazi, and it's oh, don't kick out the Nazi. Come on. Old man. It's like the yeah, like. Republicans right now could say, you know, air is good for you, and everyone's just going to, oh, everyone stop breathing. I I really wish he would say something like that. Like, you know, I love water. Water's terrible. Just they're going to be gone soon. But, and this is, you know, just because you're talking about it, I noticed that people are actually literally forming their, this is why things aren't connecting, and this is why things are getting lumped together stupidly. People are forming their beliefs on everything Trump says. Yeah. They, they just disagree with that. They don't disagree with Trump because they don't like what he's saying. They they just decide not to like what he's saying because it's coming out of his mouth. You know what right. I'm saying? Right. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's not going to get anybody anywhere productively. So they're just going to keep cracking themselves over the head because whatever. I just want to end it, at least my little piece, with this. You can't have systemic oppression if there's no system. So everyone should support anarchy. <laughs> Good point. Can't, that's the best point. To make can't, have st- can't have systemic racism if there's no system to be racist. So real, qu- real quick, what was the so, – so do we, are we still going to engage in foreign trade as an anarchist society? Not like the whole society doesn't have to if, if Apple wants to – engage in foreign trade then apple can do so and there won't be tariffs on it because they'll okay. 
you know, if farmers want to send food over to Africa, they can go ahead and do that. So everybody would be in charge of their own trade, basically. Everyone would be responsible for themselves, yes. It's a bizarre notion. I just see pitfalls. I'm not saying I don't agree with it, ideally. I and just, there are totally know. pitfalls. What? Yeah, I'm not saying that there's... Yeah, that is one thing that I have to get out there. Like, there's... I'm not saying it's going to make everything great. It's not going to, you know, fix all of the issues. I'm saying I acknowledge the issues. I still don't want rules. Like, the, you're not going to be able to prevent the pitfalls. There's already pitfalls now. There's already... There is. There is. But, you know, it's sort of, it's sort of the same reason that the radical left is wrong. is because their priorities are screwed up and they want to fix certain things and then a whole bunch of other shit is going to fall apart. And I, I don't know yet if I don't see a similarity with anarchism is that it might fix a bunch of things, but a whole bunch of other shit is going to fall apart. And I don't know, maybe the priorities are, are straighter. They seem to be, and I don't mean that as anti-gay. I just mean more in order. Well, it's an, it's, it's recognizing that the pitfalls and all of the issues are going to be fixed by you as opposed to, right. Oh, I recognize a problem. We should elect representatives to Washington and then give up a bunch of our money and hope that they do what they say they're going to do and fix the problem. Oh, the road's still not fixed. Well, it's like, well, yeah, why didn't you just go outside and fix the damn road? Right. You know what I mean? They're getting fat from soda. So let's legislate that they can only drink milk and water, like in California. Instead of like, Instead oh, of hey, my kid's fat. I should probably stop giving him soda. And again, I'm gonna, this is probably like the fourth episode in a row. I'm going to say, what the hell happened to parenting? What the hell happened to it? What the hell happened to it? Why are parents We let the lazy? tail wag the dog now. That's what we do. We let the tail wag the dog. Because people are too interested in their app games. And taking and pictures of their kids. Raising their children. Yes. Oh, yes. Look at, the, look at my beautiful child. 97 likes. I don't know right. where your kid is right now. But he's, if he can handle himself. Like, Whoa, oh my God. I've never seen a kid walk before. I'm so glad you posted that. Oh, your kid has a shirt on. Oh, I've never seen a kid with a shirt on. Wow, that's great content. And I'm, you know, I'm really scared that it's never going to change because people, the, 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 more, the more freedom, in whatever, however you want to word it, I don't even like the word freedom before, but the more liberties. It's not freedom. The more liberties you give any individual, the less they're going to want to give them back. So if parents could literally just pop out a kid and like sit it somewhere and watch it grow like a chia pet, they would. Because then they'd get to do everything that they want to do and the kid won't get in their way. And they could just hug the kid every night and be like, I love you. I love you too. All right. Everything's great. I'm going to let you grow Chris, like I a chia pet. I have a secret. I have a secret for you. Secret. You, you want we'll already do that. People already do that with their children. It's called daycare. They go and put them in daycare all day long, and then they bring them home and kiss them to bed at night, and then they do I, it again the next day. I don't disagree with you, but I, I think and the next day is very simple. And the next day. And the next, yeah, of course it's better they than a chia pet. to put them into the school institution. Then they go into the school institution, and I don't begrudge, some people have, like, some people just have to. Like, you have no idea how to conceptualize educating their child at home. I get that. 
I wish to empower people to understand that they can do it, but that's a lofty so goal of mine. But the one thing, then we the send one them out like. there and teach them what to think and then kiss them to bed and do it again the next right. day. You're not, you're not wrong. The one, the, the, the one thing that I like about public school is it seems, it seems to properly socialize children better False. than homeschooling can. That is the worst argument against homeschooling that oh, there ever homeschooling. was. No, 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 I'm no, not no, against no. I'm actually for it. It's not, even, it's not even a good argument for pro-school either because they sit kids into a room with kids their own age, not a variety of ages, and tell them to be quiet all day long and listen to the teacher. That's not socialization. Socialization is being out in the world, mixing with people of various ages and ethnicities, et cetera, and not having to sit and be quiet all day long. It's good for socialization. Sit down and shut up. Like, that doesn't. Yeah, you get in trouble for together. being social. Right, you get in trouble for being social in school. I mean, I can't even tell you how many times elementary school, when my, my second daughter was in elementary school, her teachers are like, Zoe talks too much. She talks too much. She's way too social. She needs to pay attention and not way too social. That was me. Okay, so either public school is good for socialization or they're supposed to shut up and not socialize. But I mean, I, in and you haven't met my children. My children are. So, I mean, it's the we. It's it's the people who homeschool and cloister unto themselves, and are generally really religious and peop and parents who aren't highly educated who are the weirdos, and they're not as pervasive as more and more people like in minnesota homeschooling has shot up from like yeah. almost nothing to like eight percent do you get together with other classrooms and, and we we're, we joined 4-h okay and so the kids get to be involved in projects like that we're, we've got a cooking class that they're going to take at the seward co-op in like the second week of school so they i mean you find all sorts of things to get them to do things and plus they go yeah. and they're part of your everyday they're part of your grocery shopping they're part of um going to the bank and you know making transactions at the bank or you know whatever it is that you're doing throughout the day they're part of it and they're socializing with the world so they're not missing socialization at all and i that's such a so i just want you to know it's not you it's the argument the argument no, is that's fine. no and that's so. fine and, and i always say if i'm seeing things wrong please correct me and I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, I mean, the, all, all a state school has to do with anything is teaching children to take a test to meet the standards that the state says that they should meet. And nowadays, learning what the state says that they should learn and, and, and thinking right. how the state says they should think. And we see that in all of these liberal measures that are being pushed in so many states right now, too. So. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, I was like, guys, we've, uh, we're we're like at ninety minutes. Like we, not that this is like a competition every single episode. To say, oh, let's see how long we can go. But that was that was good. So I guess we should do plugs real quick. And um, at least until like, on Twitter. Yes. Illusions D E S T R one. And I'm at Tasha Rose R A D M A M. Yeah. Tasha Rose Red, ma'am. And then I'm at, at Garrett Vassell, G-A-R-R-E-T-T, V as in vagina, A-S-C-I-L. You mean front hold. V as in oh. vagina, the 
also no, yeah the front hole formerly known as uh vagina as in front hole. and get your friend yeah get your friends to watch it share it check us out leave comments and let us know what you want to hear us talk about or look into all sorts of good things and um if you'd like to be a guest uh reach out to us let us know we'd love to have you on and have a discussion i'm gonna put together a call in line so that way we can have actual if you've got a especially if you've got a an opinion about something that is contrary to something we've talked about we would love to talk to you about it so we can all gang up on you right so we can gang up on you and get you part of our group thing and tell you that you're wrong Either we can enlighten you, you can enlighten us, or we can kill each other. And either way, we have a great discussion, even if it ends in death. And we, (laughs) yes, and we're all better for it. So, uh, again, thanks for checking us out, guys. And we love you. We'll see you next time on Thursday. Same time, same place. Awkwardly sit here and stare until the video.